episode six. We are going. We made it to episode six. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. So I think you said the other day we should start uh, making seasons. Out I of think this. we should. Honestly, yeah. like after ten episodes, we should really just call it a season one, and oh, yeah. then you know name it something like find a working title for that. Yeah, like called Oh My God, like yeah. something crazy, like What the heck? Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, let's kind of recap all the stuff we've been we gone on Christmas break. To go yeah, over. we've been gone um, for three weeks. We've We've been gone on Christmas break. We went to Florida. Yeah, we did. We had a we, podcast with Grant May there in Florida. Yeah. Um, we got we got uh, we had we had a nice break. I think each of us had had a good restful time. But we're real glad to be back here in studio. And uh, I've been craving this moment for a while now. Oh, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I missed it. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Me too. Um, yeah. And and you know, hopefully soon we'll be adding some visual uh, to our podcast. Yeah. Which, uh, I announced that really today exciting. on the Instagram for Fantastic. those of you that watched. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Some on the live stuff. feed. Uh, uh, Kellum talked about how we are going to be moving studios to be incorporating some some video, multiple angle video. Oh yeah, kind of like Candace fun. Owens, some yeah. really cool Charlie yeah. Kirk, Candace Owens stuff going on and there. We're expanding the team a little bit too, and, and yeah. lucky enough today we have uh, our newest team member Jonah Norcross. He's hey. joining us, but uh, before we introduce him and everything, uh, I'm Jet Coatney. I'm Kellum Harris, and this is Red, Red Receipts. So before we introduce him, I would like to do a little shameless plug here for what's about to come on ACU campus. If you go to school here at Abilene Christian University and you're a conservative and you know, you're know you all for the movement, then I've got some cool news for you. Um, we have officially started a Turning Point USA chapter here at Abilene Christian. Um, I'm acting as president and Jet is my vice president. Yes, sir. Right-hand man. We're really excited to get that started. And also on top of that, um, I will be setting up a booth and a table in the Campus Center at least five hours a week from now on because I am proud to announce that I have taken a job with Turning Point USA as a campus coordinator. Attaboy. And we're excited about it. Proud of you, man. We're going to see how far I can work up the work ladder with Turning Point. But oh, yeah. super exciting. So that being said, if you see me on campus and you're a conservative that agrees with me, come say hi. If you're a liberal who disagrees with me, please come say hi. Please do not throw trash at me if you do not agree with me. I promise I'm not racist. I'm not homophobic. I'm not a bigot. Just come talk. I'm really nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I can move, for that. moving on to that, Jet, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest today? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, uh, we are proud to announce the addition of Jonah Norcross to our uh, team here at Rotor Seats. He's going to be in charge of our social media accounts. He's uh, going to help with uh, audio and video production for the podcast. Um, he's going to be helping uh, distribute that to other platforms like uh, Spotify. Apple Podcasts and Google Play, mm-hmm. and we're really excited about that because um, we we understand that it's kind of frustrating to have to yeah. uh, have your phone on the Instagram <laughs> TV or YouTube to, to the watch the trial those. and error that has gone into making this podcast oh, for yeah. us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank God we have someone good to. It's run smoothly so far, but yeah. but I'm excited to take the next step with this. And uh, Jonah is a graphic design major here at ACU, and he's a freshman. And uh, Jonah, uh, that'll be all I tell about you. I'll let you go ahead and wrap up your introduction. Yeah, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Jet. That's uh, pretty much the starter for sure. uh, I'm so thankful to be here. I'm glad you all have put so much trust in me for sure and um, figuring out how to produce this and just kind of take it to the next level professionally. And I'll definitely strive to do that for you all. Um, I'm really happy to be here. This is such a blessing. I uh, I first met you through Common Sense America. Yes, sir. And you were just on there with Grant. Yeah. Uh, recently, and that was a huge step for me. Um, like I said, I'm a freshman. I came to campus kind of having my own view on politics, but not really like being too outspoken about it, just kind of doing my own thing and staying in my own little bubble. 
And it wasn't until I started getting kind of like attacked for my views or for even not saying my views in some cases that I kind of started getting my own position and kind of being more outspoken about this. And common sense was definitely the first step for me to take and kind of being here today and just being involved in politics in the way that I am. And I'm really thankful for that first step. And I'm thankful to have met you and so oh, many yeah. other great people there. It's a yeah, huge man. blessing. And, and I told Calum about this. Why I was so confident about adding you to this team is because you you are uh, set in, in your beliefs. You know what you believe and why you believe it. Um, and a lot of that, I think, uh, mirrors uh, the way that I look at things, which is through a, a, um, a religious uh, lens. And I think that's really important. Um, and uh, I, I've told Kelm this as well. You're sharp as a tack, just like Grant. <laughs> Thank and you. Y'all both uh, can can just rattle off uh, facts, and and it's uh, it's impressive. And you both know it. how to dress too, so that's kind of <laughs> good. I good appreciate for the compliment. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we got a lot to cover today. Uh, obviously, a lot has ha- been happening over the past couple of weeks, uh, dating back to the uh, explosion on Christmas Day in. Nashville. Um, and I hope that we can maybe touch on that at some point, but we got some more pressing issues to talk about here, which uh, the big one being the uh, insurrection, the uh, riot at Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, uh, the impeachment trial uh, has been going on all day. Yep. I know that Congress, uh, which is, you know, um, uh, Democrat majority, uh, has voted and and they voted for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Yeah, with ten Republican congressmen and women actually yep. switching to a Ouch. Democrat standpoint on this specific matter. Yes, and uh, yeah, so and, it's happened. Uh, and then now it's it's going to the Senate, um, and it wouldn't surprise me if it passed there too, uh, just because Mitch McConnell uh, has has verbally spoken about it to to the press uh, that he he uh, would would side with the impeachment and. Um, while that's not extremely detrimental uh, to our cause necessarily, because I, I wouldn't vote for Trump in 2024 anyway, uh, I, I would rather, I, I think we have some younger candidates with a little bit more uh, uh, amicable traits uh, and, and would be less um, uh, a lightning rod for the left to really attack. Um, so I, I wouldn't be voting for him in 2024 anyway, but uh, that's really the only reason that they're doing this is to make sure that he can't run again. And I think it sets a dangerous precedent for the future uh, because I think that from now on, you're going to see every every president is going to have their impeachment trial um, for one way or another. The, the op- opposing uh, political party is going to find something, is going to dig something up to, to try to impeach that person. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right about that, because this entire if we've learned anything from this election, it's that it's no longer about um, it's no longer about uh, policies. It's not about the person that's running anymore. It's all about picking a side and it's all about, you know, um, latching on a belief to a person. And and like it's almost like idolization of a person now. Um, We've seen with, you know, Donald Trump's supporters, a lot of them are very much, you know, latched on to not conservative Republican values as much as it's just Donald Trump. It's it's Trumpism, which I don't like that term. No, no, it is a bit unhealthy for sure. Yeah, Yeah, I don't like it either. And, like, did I support Donald Trump? Um, Did I support everything that he's done over the past four years to help our economy and our social reform and all that? Absolutely. Of course I did. But I'm not... I don't want to say, like, yes, I support Donald Trump, but I, I'm not a Trump supporter, if that makes sense. Right. Because I do feel like there is some discrepancy. That's less important than a lot of things yeah. that you are. Yeah, it's totally less important. And so and you see that on the other side as well. You have a lot of people that are 
just gung-ho pushing for Biden so much throughout the past like year and you know it's no longer it's it's scary how much it's no longer been about policy it's not been about um reform it's not been about economic freedom it's it's all about just which person do I hate less do I hate less yeah and that's that's a scary way to vote and you see that with a, a lot of the left because the the hashtags that were trending around election time wasn't uh Biden Harris it wasn't vote Biden it was vote out Trump dump Trump I dump remember that Trump. one it, it, it was vote blue no matter who like what an awful slogan vote blue no matter who that makes you sound uneducated yeah. on on the person that you're voting for yeah for sure for sure I've talked to multiple people about that and they always say something along the lines of they're supporting the lesser of two evils which in a sense like I would not want the lesser of two evils running the most powerful good. country in America exactly <laughs> or in the world I mean right. exactly it's it's not something that you should be supporting for and especially the way that our voting system is set up I mean we're not set up to vote against a candidate we're set up to vote for a candidate that's what the electoral, electoral college is for and so many other like smaller details of the voting system if you're voting against a candidate you're not you're not voting right you know if you, mm -hmm. you don't want to vote for a candidate either don't vote or vote third party which so many more people should do and realize right. yeah voting against a candidate is not being voting for another it just no. means voting against right. and and sadly that's that's pretty much the entire premise of our voting nowadays and uh, it's really it's, it's really just, empty voting it because, really is because you, yeah. what do you you claim to vote for change but but in order for change to happen you have to vote you have to enact good policy mm -hmm. you have to enact policy that is is, is going to help out the majority of people yeah and, and i think i'm sorry i totally interrupted you no no, no no i mean I, it's it's just like the majority of people have been have been hurt by a lot of these democratic policies. Mm -hmm. You look back to the Obama administration, Obamacare, a bunch of his decisions about the Middle East really hurt us. Mm -hmm. A bunch of his decisions about sending jobs overseas really hurt the American middle class. And mm -hmm. you saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times, um, specifically, you know, we, we, people in the United States, Americans, if you will, <laughs> they like to, uh, they like to oversee or overlook rather good policy because of the face that it's attached to. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, like we could talk about, you know, the policies that have been enacted to bring the black unemployment to its all-time low. We can talk the about Latino American employment yeah. to its all-time low. Every yeah. single minority group had its you can, We can rate talk about those policies, but the low. minute that you tell someone on the left, well, did you know that Donald Trump already did that? Did mm -hmm. you know that this happened? Did you know the First Step Act was a right. thing and it was because of Donald Trump? Yep. And then it's all of a sudden, well, he's a racist. I'm yeah. like, okay, no, no. Yeah. You're just mad at Donald Trump because you don't like him. Just right. say it and move on. Right. Just say it and move on because it's that simple. Yeah. And at this point, it's all about um, it's all about the name and the face. Yeah. It's no longer about policy. Um, um, I think we should definitely jump onto our first topic now because I think we got off on a tangent, but I think it was a good tangent. Yeah. So the Capitol riots, <clears throat> we saw um, thousands of Trump supporters um, protesting, and well, it started out as a rally. Um, yep. by Trump supporters, um, just to rally and, you know, stand behind their president that they wanted to, their presidential candidate that they mm -hmm. wanted to win. Started out fine. And then all hell broke loose. Um, you had people busting through the windows. Mm -hmm. You had people storming through the, um, storming through the Capitol. You had, you had people literally setting fires. You had people getting shot. You had, yep. you had a lot of really bad stuff going on here. And I think that one thing that you said the other day that really like really touched base for me that I really kind of was like, oh, didn't even think about that, is that a lot of people want to talk about the happening of these events, mm -hmm. but no one wants to talk about the reaction or but we, what we need to focus on is the reaction. Yeah. Right. Right. And and 
it, it's focusing on the timing of the reaction mm-hmm. because um, yes, like obviously we need to focus on on the facts of what happened. We need to we need to look deeper into it, and looking deeper into things takes time. And so if you react within two hours of an event happening, then you're probably going to be wrong in a lot of things that you are reacting to. You're probably going to assume a lot. Um, days after the events of, of uh, Wednesday the 6th, um, I, uh, I, I released a video on my Instagram and explained all of my thoughts that I had at that moment. And I said specifically, I don't have all my thoughts gathered yet, but these are what I have right now. And um, the things that the things that I talked about mainly on that were um, that we needed to disavow and and completely reject any violent uh, people at, at the, the the rally and then the protests and then the, the riot that ensued um, and also that uh, we need to be the, we need to be praying for for um, our country and for uh, everyone on both sides and for our politicians for sure and um, that is all that really was important at that point and then also disavowing any people that were being hypocritical in their reactions um, I, I personally didn't want to play the compare and contrast game between this summer's riots and and this riot that happened um, but it's it's alarming when you have Donald Trump who completely uh, said, you know, and, and I, I wish that he would have done it more adamantly, but he said, uh, he said, uh, go home with love and in peace. Remember this day forever. Go home with love and in peace. Now, now I wish that he would have really gotten into and, and attacked the, the rioters like he attacked the BLM protesters because they were so violent and acting as anarchists. But but let's look back on the left and how they reacted to this summer versus how they reacted to, to this uh, 26 people that got arrested on Capitol Hill, 53 total arrests. You got the receipts? I, I got the receipts. Oh, good. They're, and, uh, we love receipts on this show. And they're bleeding show. red, let me tell you. <laughs> um, so Loretta Lynch said, there will be blood in the streets about the BLM riots. Chris Cuomo, CNN, uh, steroids guy. Mm-hmm. He said, right. who, who says protests have to be peaceful? Where, where does it say that protests have to be peaceful? Uh, have you read the Constitution, Chris? Um, Ayanna Presley said, there needs to be unrest in the streets. Kamala Harris, our vice president-elect, said protesters should not let up. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said, I just don't know why there aren't uprisings all over this country. Maybe there should be. And then uh, Maxine Waters, who you you love, that's Don't your even sister. Get me started. Yeah, I you're, can't. You're, with your her. best friend, right? Oh my god. You guys, you guys text all the time, right? Oh, totally. I yeah. tell her how stupid she is every single chance. Yeah, I yeah. Get. yeah. Uh, <laughs> she said, "You get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they are not welcome anymore, anywhere." And then later on, at a like at a at a when she was speaking before people like in person, I mm-hmm. guess a rally would be the right word for yeah. this. Um, she literally incited more violence by saying, if you see these people in public, give them hell, yeah. hit them, punch them in the face, punch them in the face because they don't belong here. So talking about people like people on the right, you know what I mean? So when it comes from the left, it's crickets and, and, and nobody claims incitement towards violence. But when Trump says, go home and it, it, with love and in peace, that's inciting violence. When he says at the rally, when he says, go make your voices heard, that's inciting violence. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. Again, I don't want to compare any of the events of the two riots because they were completely different circumstances and and completely different uh, happenings that happened at the riots. Um, I just want to compare the reactions. And And I think that tells a lot. I think the reactions do tell a complete, um, a very big story here because, like, 
it's a huge double standard. The time we're living in is the time of double standards, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we as like if you look at it, like you even look at a lot of conservative voices right now are completely disavowing and saying, you know, no, that was not good. Like what happened was not okay. Riots are never the answer. We don't do that. We don't do that. That's not what we do. Because we literally, and I I was the same way for BLM. I was like, this is not okay. Like burning down buildings Mm -hmm. and rioting in the streets and destroying small businesses and and houses and whatnot, that is not the answer. And so I'm going to stick with my answer here too and say, no, that's not okay. And many, many Republicans and many conservatives said the same thing. But like you said, a lot on the left has all of a sudden been up in flames about all of this and so negatively mm-hmm. when the, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to play the compare and contrast game. I don't care. There were more, more people were killed and injured and more lives were ruined in the BLM mm-hmm. slash Antifa. I'm going to say it slash Antifa riots mm-hmm. that happened all summer long. More livelihoods were ruined because of that. Right. How many people were actually killed in this one specific quote-unquote riot that happened in the capital? Five, and only two of them were because of force. Okay. And how many were killed in the BLM slash Antifa riots? I believe riots? the total number rose to 38. 38. So I'm going to play the compare and contrast game here because it's a huge double standard. And yes, I understand you're fighting for social justice and and you're fighting against bad cops. I get it. I understand. Let's fight against the bad cops. But the, the fact that you want to sit here and condemn a group of people saying, oh, well, this this was different. This was so much worse. I'm like, more people were killed because of you mm-hmm. than they were killed because of us. Mm-hmm. And even we didn't agree with it. Yeah. So, like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little no, – no, that no. gets no, me no, so good. heated. And, and I think this is really interesting, actually, because the verse of the day just popped up on my Apple Watch. Really? And I looked at it. I was about to dismiss it. And I, and I thought, you know, people are probably going to come at, come at Killam for saying that. They probably, they probably will. But here, here's a good vor- verse for you, buddy. Uh, blessed are, th- uh, oh shoot, it turned off. Uh, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteous for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew five ten. And and I would argue that truth, which is what you're saying, there there's a true difference between the events as well and the reactions, and and truth is 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 righteousness. Mm. And and so I, I I do applaud you for that. It takes it takes guts and. And uh, since you did, you know, I'll say I won't I won't get into it, but uh, but I will say three billion dollars worth of property damage. Yeah, that doesn't seem mostly peaceful to me. Right. No, it did not. Um, Jonah, I want to hear your thoughts on this specifically. Um, did I just say Jonah? Whoa, Jonah. I, <laughs> I think I may have misspoke. <laughs> Jonah, our friend, our newest member of the team. I would like to hear your thoughts on where you stand with these capital riots, the, the information that you've kind of accrued. Um, over the past couple of days about this and exactly what you're thinking. What's going on in your head right now? Yeah, for sure. Like you all have both mentioned, there's a huge double standard with the reactions. I mean, we look at people on the right who have reacted to it, and we see people like Shapiro completely condemning it, uh, Trump condemning it, um, Pence condemning it. We see people like Crenshaw and Cawthorn, Mm -hmm. who are both great new conservatives coming in, who have completely said, it's not okay, we shouldn't do this. Crenshaw going so far as to call those people like non-conservatives, like Mm -hmm. the same team was on the left. And that's not okay. And there's definitely a a vast majority of Republicans that aren't okay with the riots that happened there. So many people I've talked to have uh, disavowed them and been against them and condemned those people there at the Capitol Hill who stormed the building, and they're not okay with that. And we can definitely talk about the right and say how it was majority of the right, but let's look at the left for a little bit too. I want to talk about uh, John Sullivan, who had tweeted before the riot saying he would be there on Capitol Hill on the 6th, not to support Trump in the votes, but he said he would be there to overthrow Trump. 
And there are multiple videos of this guy who has actually is a BLM activist who has been arrested before for staging riots, one of which led to the shooting of a pedestrian motorist. Um, he said on his Twitter, and he threw multiple tweets from him, an armed revolution is the only way to bring about change effectively. He tweeted that on December 28th. But that's not inciting violence, right? Exactly, right. <laughs> and this guy's still on Twitter today. On January 2nd, he wrote in a tweet, the system, time to burn it all down. And look at the hashtags here, hashtag BLM, hashtag burn, hashtag Antifa, that's interesting. Hashtag abolish capitalism, abolish the police, ACAB, and hashtag F Trump. I was going to say, this guy sounds like an Antifa insurrection. For sure, yeah. exactly. And he was there on Capitol Hill. There are videos of him actually before they broke into the Capitol, pushing through barriers and encouraging the crowd to storm the Capitol, encouraging them to break down doors. Once in the Capitol, there was a video of this guy saying, burn it all down. He says, burn that S down and a bunch of other stuff that are just videos of him and all these things. And eyewitnesses say they saw him encourage the crowd to storm the doors to break in. However, that isn't the same thing with Trump supporters. We see multiple Trump supporters and other videos actually physically restrain other people who tried mm -hmm. to break into the Capitol. I've seen a video of a man dressed in all black wearing a, a, a bicycle helmet, it looks like, and holding a baseball bat, try and rush the door and get physically held back by multiple people in MAGA gear. The same thing happened with a window for a man who tried to climb through. He was held back and pushed to the ground and, and yell out to stop breaking into the Capitol because they don't want to incite violence. And all these people you're describing that were trying to storm the Capitol and like incite violence, they all had a certain look to them, yes? And I'm not one to profile people at all. But like we, we see these same people inciting violence at BLM Antifa, mm -hmm. and now we see these same exact people mm -hmm. with some of them the exact same face mm -hmm. um, at this Trump riot. Yep. That's what we'll call it, the Trump riot. Sure. You see these people and they all have this one look to them and it's all black, um, almost military-like gear on, weaponry. And, and one, would, one would think, like I said the other day, you don't come across the entire country for a Trump rally and not wear MAGA mm -hmm. merch. Exactly. You don't do it. When you're that proud of your president or your president presidential candidate, you don't just show up wearing all black. Right. Like, I mean, as Trump supporters, you know, they're very proud people. Trump supporters are a very proud people of Indeed. Donald Trump. And yeah. they're not going to let it be shadowed, perfect word, because all black, shadowed. Mm -hmm. You don't let it be shadowed by um, Antifa-looking clothing. Right. So, I mean, like... Obviously, these people, they all have a look to them. Yeah. And I just don't understand some people on the left who are saying, well, yeah, see, there were Trump supporters. Um, that looks a lot, a lot alike. And, the, the, um, and there definitely were a couple of Trump supporters. Of course. I think it was yeah. a, a mix oh, yeah. of both. But you can't ignore that. You can't ignore the people that looked like and probably were Antifa. People that were planted there specifically to incite violence on right. the Capitol. I think you're absolutely right. Right. And For sure. Not saying there weren't any Trump supporters that were being violent. I'm sure there were, mm -hmm. and I know there were. Like it's it's, it's factual. Yeah, We've seen the videos. There's, there's other videos. There's other videos. Right. And who are um, we to not look at those as well? So. Right. And I think to add to the hypocrisy is that the one the one Trump supporter that did get shot and and God rest her soul and and uh, Ashley and, Babbitt. Yes. Is that her name? I, I believe so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Babbitt. Yes. Um, I. I uh, I have been praying for her family and those that were close to her and those that served with her. She was ex-military. But um, I think it's crazy that she gets shot by a cop and is killed. And, again, crickets from the left when they're the ones that have been preaching, you know, ACAB and, and 
It, well, it's just because she's white, though. And honestly. if if not like, crickets from the left, then it's like, oh, she deserved it. That racist. Right, because she's. A Trump I have supporter. seen that before for yeah, sure. I I've have seen, seen tweets so many claiming tweets like she that. she deserved it, and that's and not okay. And no one, no matter what skin color, sexual orientation, um, gender identity, deserves that right. from anyone. And the fact that the left was so okay with saying, oh, a cab, f the police, because they shot an innocent black man right. on the street, and there are instances where it's not an innocent black man, right. really, but. They're so quick to say, F this woman. She deserved it because she's a Trump supporter. She was not innocent because she was trespassing on federal property, but unarmed. That's huge. That's still huge. She was unarmed and shot. Yes. And killed. For sure. And so that's that's just another point of, of hypocrisy. Um, I think it's it's shameful, really, what we've seen from from government officials that that haven't condemned uh the, the summer's events and, and just yeah. lashed out at, yeah. at this past Wednesdays. And I would like to go back for two seconds here to claim something real fast, or at least proclaim one thing to make it very clear to listeners. Um, I do support, I do support the concept and the idea that black lives matter. I do. And I think a lot of conservatives do. Of course, black lives matter. We all matter. I would be one of them. All lives do matter. Black lives matter. Asian lives matter. White lives matter. Gay lives matter. All lives matter. All lives do matter. I'm not saying that I am equally. And I'm not saying that black lives don't matter. However, I am not going to put on a BLM shirt because I do, in fact, think that the organization, and it technically is an organization at this point, Mm -hmm. they're verified on Twitter, they're Mm -hmm. verified on Instagram, and they call themselves a foundation. What's another word for foundation? Basically, an organization. Mm -hmm. I do think that the yeah BLM Incorporated that Charlie Kirk loves to plug. (laughs) I do think here. I think that the concept and the idea that Black Lives Matter, of course, I fully support that with all my heart. Mm -hmm. But I think that the organization of Black Lives Matter is, I'm going to say, I think it's a domestic terrorist organization because they wreak havoc in the streets and and they do it in the names of these people that are innocent or that they claim to be innocent and they do it in the names of people that have been murdered. And they, they um, what's the word here? They um, exploit these murders. They exploit they these they murders. They don't talk about all black lives either. No, they don't. Um, because all of a sudden you got people like Candace Owens, Brandon Tatum, and these are conservative black voices. But they're white supremacists. And, they're And not just racists. the ones that talk against them, but, but the, the people that have died, the, the African-American people that have died from other causes other than police quote unquote brutality. Yeah, like what about policemen that are black that have died? Yeah. Or the abortion David Dorn, perfect example. Yeah. Or what about the number of black aborted babies mm-hmm. in this country? The highest of any demographic yeah. in abortion is black babies. Yeah. But they don't want to talk about what that. What about Chicago? The streets of Chicago. What about it? Littered littered with murder. Yeah. It's 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 left and right and they never talk about it. No, they don't want to because it doesn't fit into their um it doesn't right. fit into their agenda. It doesn't fit into their narrative. And I just want to make that very clear that I cannot stress it enough because I get people telling me all the time, you don't support BLM, you're a racist. I'm like, no, I support the concept and the idea that black lives do matter because they do. I do not support an organization of people inciting violence in our streets and destroying livelihoods. Mm -hmm. And that goes the same for Antifa, period. Do not support that. Because it's not, because obviously we don't want fascism. Antifa literally means Mm anti-fascism. Of course I support the idea of anti-fascism here. But am I going to support this organization? And yes, that is too an organization. It has chapters all over the world, all Mm -hmm. over the world, sorry, all over the United States. It has literal, literal chapters in each metropolitan city. So it is an organization. Do I support that? No, because look what they've done as well. Mm -hmm. I just had to get that off my chest. It's been on my chest for a really long time. And I just, 
had to get that out there. Sorry. That. <laughs> For sure. And the left is pretty crafty with their labels, too. I mean, you see organizations like pro the, the pro-choice movement or Black Lives Matter or Antifa, like you say, and all these labels seem to be full of positivity. Like, yeah, of course, anti-fascism. Yeah, of course, people have a choice to do what they want. And yes, of course, Black Lives Matter, but the implications behind these labels and these titles are what really majority of conservatives are against. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Black Lives Matter message is for sure, I do support that. It's the Black Lives Matter organization that have a lot of implications that I know a lot of conservatives aren't comfortable getting behind. I mean, I say all lives matter because I'm choosing to voice my support for those who may have been told or shown their lives don't matter, mm-hmm. while refusing to say the statement Black Lives Matter because of the underlying implications of the new politically adapted phrase. By saying all lives matter, I'm not indicating black lives don't matter. This should be uncontroversial. And on the very surface of the phrase, black lives matter should be an uncontroversial phrase as well. Yeah. Everyone agrees black lives matter. However, when I say all lives matter, I do so to also object the implications of the BLM phrase that have now been associated with the movement and culture surrounding it. The mm. black lives matter slogan itself is fine. But the implication that black people are under an existential threat in the United States, and there is a vast group in the United States who don't care exactly. It's just not true. I'm objecting the idea that I, as a white person, should feel the racial guilt simply Mm -hmm. because of the color of my skin. I've never done anything racist, nor have I been pro-racism. So I kind of object the idea that I should view myself as someone uh, who is. Who's inherently racist. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I don't believe that by choosing to say all lives matter, I'm ignorant or uneducated. I just don't often tend to state obvious things, such as the belief that black lives matter. Right. You know, like I can't be assumed to be pro-rape because I don't uh, sit my day chanting rape is bad all day. And right. the same way, I can't be assumed to be racist simply exactly. because I don't often state that black lives matter. What I do often do is defend myself when I feel I am being unfairly threatened, judged, or condemned. And to me, the phrase black lives matter has implications that trigger those defenses. My defense being to state that all lives matter. Mm. Right. And yeah. I think you're really good with the word here that the left is very crafty about Mm. wording because they name these things Antifa, Black Lives Matter. These are very left-driven organizations and they name them these things because you can't argue with them. Of course Black Lives Matter. Of Of course course we don't want fascism. So they name these things things that you can't argue with otherwise you're completely the opposite of their cause. You know what I mean? And so you're right. The left is very crafty about that. That's yeah I, I couldn't have worded that any better myself. I, I wish that I had that response, exactly what you just said uh, this past summer when I was trying to defend my, well, the reasons that I, and th- those are all my reasons, but it's like th- that that was really well crafted. Uh, yeah, for sure. You. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, uh, A wordsmith, ladies yeah, and gents. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's, it's crazy because um, you have to look at people's intentions mm-hmm. when, when you're talking with them about this stuff. Um, and if I were to talk to the head of, of Black Lives Matter, the, the people that founded it, and talk to them about their intentions, their intentions aren't racial equality. Uh, a couple of them have preached about, about racial superiority and the way that genetically um, that like African-Americans are like superior because of their melanin and stuff. Not and, just physically, and, but mentally, too. But they, mentally they, too. They've claimed mental superiority. And, and Tucker Carlson talked about it the other night, actually, on his show. Um, it's uh, someone that uh, uh, Biden is about to make this woman, I forget her name, but uh, he's about to put her as the civil rights, the head of the civil rights uh, uh, something. Uh, something or another, yeah, like Department like, of something. Yeah, or Department another. of Civil Rights, something like that. So she'll be in charge of making civil rights laws. In a 1994 paper, or 84 maybe? I don't know. I don't know how old she is. But she was uh, she wrote a paper for for uh, for like a dissertation, and in that she explained exactly how black people are superior and that it's because of their melanin and that 
white people are genetically defective and they like have something like blocking the the melanin producers in their brain and and like it was blatantly racist yeah, but but yeah, nobody totally. would look at that in like it today and claim oh that's racist because we we have to look at things through the lens of of uh, race and we have to look at things through a lens of not offending people mm-hmm. and um, like that's crazy that we're about to have a, a woman in charge of of civil rights laws in this country that views or at least did I don't know about now because people change people and, I'll, and change. I'll give them that yeah I'll, and and I think. That the people that have condemned Trump for the things that he did in the 90s and 80s, that they, you know, like, hey, like, when was the last time that he said something like that, you know? So, like, if she comes out and says something denouncing that, then, like, I'll be, I'll be fine with that. But I don't think that she will because five years after she wrote that paper, she was working for whatever university she, she attended. And she, uh, ha- she uh, was, like, the director of, um, of like, campus events. And so it's like campus coordinator kind of that like brings speakers on hey, campus. Hey, look like at that. You, right. Like me. But, but you're a little less racist. Um, <laughs> a lot less racist. <laughs> not racist at all. <laughs> exactly. But but uh, so so she brought this guy who was a really smart, uh, really well-known uh, African-American male. Um, but but he's a known anti-Semite and and brought him anyway. Th- saw no problem with that to have him speak. And he spoke of uh of why he was an anti-Semite at, at the university. And then afterwards, she talks about his upstanding character. So that, that's that's giving her a little bit of time to change her mind and, and change her views. Yeah. And, and like obviously her, her character shows that maybe that's not the best person to be in charge of civil rights laws here in our country. Yeah, and I think it's really funny that a lot of, and this moves kind of into our next topic of conversation, um, it's a lot of those same exact people on the left that are like that and that, that have those same principles and whatnot, they're doing it not in the name, they're doing it in the name of progressivism. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing a lot of what they're doing. They're making laws, they're, they're trying to get bills passed, and they're, they're acting in a way that seems progressive. But I, in my opinion, and I know that we've talked about this multiple times one-on-one, and we talked about it the other night during show prep, that the real progressives are truly conservatives. Mm-hmm. And I think that moves us into the next topic of this new wave of conservatives and how they're actually the real progressives here. Yeah. Um, I could think of some examples of some real pro- uh, real progressive conservatives, like you mm-hmm. have um, your favorite person in the world that like you love so much, Madison Cawthorn. Love him. Um, love him. He's a cool dude. Got Not to see him. Not as much him. as Lauren or Kenley love him, but I, but True. I, I do love him quite Shout a bit. Shout out to Kenley Barber and Lauren Bushouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bushhouse, but we gave her we gave her some <laughs> crap for that in Florida. But um, Madison Cawthorn, um, a true um, a true uh, trailblazer yes. for this young conservative. A movement. true patriot. A yes. true patriot. Yes. Um, he... Not like the people that stormed the Capitol Hill. No, those are not, not like those. Those are not patriots. Madison no. Cawthorn, true patriot. Those are true patriots. Who, by uh, the way, condemned people at the Capitol. Exactly. That's worth being said. Yeah. Like, like very harshly. Exactly. Very, very harshly. harshly um, but you have people like Madison Cawthorn who literally, you know, he's he's been through a crazy life. Like, he he lost his ability to walk mm-hmm. at 18 because Paralyzed of a car. Because yeah. of his car accident. But he still said, you know, I'm not going to let something like this make me a victim. I'm not going to let this define who I am. I'm just going to keep going. And now he is the youngest, the youngest congressman, congressman elect, and now right. congressman, congressman because he was sworn in. Yep. Yeah. And you have people like that on the right who are actually doing something to make a change and not just, you know, take up their time to ensure they're going to stay in the in Congress. You have you have people like Lauren Boebert, who I am the, one of the biggest fans of mm-hmm. right now. Um, a lot of people on the left hate her because she wants to practice her Second Amendment right, which she is entitled to do. Now, I know that there are some rules in Congress, like you can't, 
that they were like, you, you can't, can't do that. You Congress can't carry it on, on the floor. <laughs> but you have leftists and liberals coming at her throat for just carrying a gun, period. Yeah. And But she's exercising a right and doing so in a way that's so theatrical that it just shows the rest of the country, you can do this. Mm-hmm. It's legal to walk around and conceal and have a concealed carry license and right. be able to carry a gun. Yeah. And that's that's true patriotism showing that, you know, I'm going to exercise my rights. Yeah. And that's real progressivism because right now we live in such a time where the most basic rights and the most um, like the most God-given rights right now um, are being stripped away and are being tabooed. They're, you know, they're like, being restricted for sure. For and, sure. And, and this next administration does want to to strip us of our, our Second Amendment. Yeah. They they have shown through the censorship that that we've seen over the past week mm-hmm. that they are are fine pushing the boundaries on the First Amendment as well. Um, and and. Uh, it's a slippery slope. It, it is. It, it, and I, I hate the slippery slope argument because it, it leaves a lot of room for error in, in, in your judgment uh, beforehand, before all the events take place. But uh, I do agree. It, it's, it's not, it, there's not been a good trajectory for, mm-hmm. for our uh, rights, for the Bill of Rights, for the protection of the Bill of Rights mm-hmm. since uh, pre, pre-Obama. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I want to call on, on Jonah here to talk a little bit about my favorite uh, Madison Cawthorn is, is probably my favorite, but but the because he's uh, because Dan Crenshaw is is here in Texas, I see a lot of more of his action. So um, Jonah, I know you're a big fan of of Dan's. So so tell me a little bit about why you think Dan people like Dan are like the future of the uh, Republican Party, maybe the the GNP, the Grand New Party. It's the eye patch, by the way. Just letting you know. <laughs> For That's sure. the real yeah, reason. The eye patch I'm let you give your reason. It's that, I'll let you give your reason anyway, but it's the eye patch. <laughs> no, the eye patch is that cherry on top. For sure, I can agree with that. But um, I feel like Crenshaw definitely recognizes the need for uh, progressivism in the conservative movement. I mean, he is very for uh, pushing back on the other, which I guess it can be called progressivism as well on the left. He's very for pushing back with the same energy of progressivism. Anything that he sees wrong in the country, mm-hmm. he's very for advocating for that and for pushing that. And speaking his mind, and he tries his best to unite all conservatives together to push for that cause, which right. is the definition of progressism, you know? Right. That's something that Crenshaw tries to do, and he really pushes for that. I'll actually be attending his Youth Action Summit in Houston at the Thank end of this you. month. I'm very excited for that. Go I'm excited off. to see him Good speak. For you. <laughs> it's going to be a great thing to be at. And I just know hearing him speak online that he's very inspiring, and mm-hmm. he just, like, always advocates for, like, this kind of new ideas but in the like the the support the platform of the republican and the conservative movement that's just Mm -hmm. who this guy is and i'm a big fan of that yeah Yeah. and And i think that part of the definition of of progressivism is pushing for societal change Mm -hmm. societal reform yeah we see that a lot with with crenshaw and and with madison cawthorn they they are going to to change the the view of society from from such a secular and and kind of nihilistic uh and and groupthink mentality uh, view that the left portrays often. Yeah. So, so they're trying to change it back, you know? And that's how we used to be. We, we used to be uh, free thinkers. We used to be individuals. We used to uh, really love uh, what makes this country great. And we recognize what make the, what, you know, the flaws that we have. And we say we can be, be better, but, but we don't just hate the country and, and hate the whole other side just because they don't agree with us. And, and that's what I think... Crenshaw and Cawthorn both are, are really pushing for is is that the the change of society in in the lens that we look at life through. Yeah, and as much as we have these new congressmen and women and new senators that are up and coming in the grand new party as we've called it before, um, as much as we have those people who are being a really good um, voice and good advocates for this um, actual progressivism, we also have just regular people like and commentators even like you have commentators like. 
Um, I'm going to list a few here. You have Candace Owens. She's a black woman, mm -hmm. and she is a conservative. You have Rob Smith, mm -hmm. who is a black gay man, yes, and he's sir. a conservative. You have um, you have just this list of people, and you have okay Dinesh D'Souza, a filmmaker, mm -hmm. an Indian immigrant yep. who is conservative, and he's been through so much in his life that he's actually seen what. Um, what these liberal policies are actually doing to people. Right. And so like, not just the senators and the congressmen and congresswomen, um, but you have people that are just voices. Mm -hmm. And not only that, go step and go one step further. You have people, just regular people like us. Like you um, and you have so many, like when we were at SAS, we met so many people mm -hmm. of all different kinds of backgrounds. I have never seen more people in one room proud, more proud to be Americans. Mm -hmm. And these people weren't, Straight white men. Nope. They weren't. They we, were. We there were. There were. Heck of a lot of women. There were. There were straight we white men. There were women, white, black, mm -hmm. Asian, Latino. Um. There were gay people. Mm -hmm. There were trans people. I've never seen that much love Trump for a pride, country. Uh, merch that yeah. I saw there, and, <laughs> and it was, it was across lot. the board. Yeah. And these are these are good examples of people. And I know the left wants to call them sellouts so much. They're like, mm -hmm. well, you're a sellout because you're a woman and you're vote you're voting for you're your a traitor to your, your identity. Group. Yeah. And they're like, well, you're gay and you're black, so you're going against first of all your race and your um your your people being the LGBT community. And how demeaning is that? It because, is because when you claim that you are going against your people. Then, like, I would say, who do you think my people are? Yeah. My people are who I want them to be. I don't identify with an identity group so that I can fall back on that and so that you can confine me to that and stereotype me and think that you know exactly how I think because mm -hmm. you don't know me. You haven't ever had a conversation with me. You don't me. know the story exactly. behind why and, I choose the things And they're never the going to have a conversation with those people because they don't want to. The they don't want a conversation. doesn't want to hear it. No. They think, well, you're a traitor, and so why do, I, why do you deserve my time? Well... You are a closed-minded person that, that... That claims to be open-minded, That by the claims way. to be open-minded and, and really doesn't like anyone that has any differing opinions than you, which yeah. means that you will never be pushed to be anything more than mm -hmm. you are right now. You'll never reach your full potential because you don't have anything to build on. And I think, honestly, a leftist... And I say leftist, we've talked about the difference between a liberal and Big a leftist. Big difference between liberals and leftists. Huge difference. I think a leftist's biggest fear is literally... Anyone on the conservative side that goes against the status quo that the left has put in place. So I think that people like Rob Smith, for instance, because, you know, that's a double whammy. Mm -hmm. He's black and he's gay. Yeah. I think people like him scare the bejesus out of the left right. because it's going against what they want him to be. Right. It's going against that. And the scariest part for them is that they're seeing more people like that waking up. Mm -hmm. And I saw it firsthand at SAS, and it was so much fun hanging with all these people that love this country and love America. Oh, yeah. And 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 then none of them fell into that status quo that the left has no. put in, and they didn't fall to their narrative. And that's Absolutely honestly, not. I think that's the left's biggest fear is people like that. Right, no, I completely agree. Um, what do we have next on on the agenda there? Well, speaking of biggest fears, okay. we wanted to mention about <laughs> we wanted to mention about the censoring of like oh, uh, how they react to this fear is just yes. by silencing the voices, which is what right. we're seeing them doing firsthand right now, and it's a really scary thing for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's. Uh, it's crazy because um, they, they call Trump a, a dictator. They call him, uh, you know, a Nazi. But but the Nazi dictator that, like, you know, the first one, Adolf Hitler, he, he was never able to be censored. He, he was the one that was doing the censoring. He, he took away all educational uh, things that, that went against his teachings. It's kind of ironic. It's really ironic. This he, whole situation. He, he confiscated art. 
which is funny because you know the left confiscated our statues uh, uh, commemorating history. So they 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 confiscated art statues. Um, they they again they they burned books. We saw burning of Bibles in uh, Portland. Nobody talked about it this summer. Um, it's it's ridiculous that it, it's so much projection. And and I've said this for a long time too is that a lot of these issues uh, that that the left likes to talk about, which and when I say the left specifically, I'm talking about like Nancy Pelosi, all the figureheads uh, for the Democratic Party that that have this pedestal to stand on and talk. Um, they they always talk about all these problems that they see with Trump and his administration. More often than not, th- those are problems that are with them and with their uh, people that they that they work with closely and the the policy that they create. Um, and and you see that really well. And, and we've talked about it before. It's the whole rules for thee and not for me thing. Where mm-hmm. where well yeah, but like I'm I'm doing that, but but I'm gonna make it look like Trump is doing it. That is, that is Trump's fault. Um, and and they're again there's they're still rewriting history like to this day they're still rewriting history because biden has appointed a couple of people for his new administration that are openly gay and they're like it's the first openly gay cabinet member that's not true trump had the first openly yeah. gay can- cabinet mem- member <laughs> they're just erasing him from history yeah they're erasing the people that they that they claim to to stand for and to and to fight for they're erasing that man because he was a trump administration guy and they're saying well no he doesn't count this Biden guy, because he's on our side and thinks like us, he's the first openly gay cam- cabinet member. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think what's what's really sad about the entire argument about the censorship that's happening right now, the saddest part is it's not just censoring someone for their beliefs. It's censoring someone's story. It's censoring mm-hmm. someone's actual testimony. Imagine, if you will, in a Christian world, if someone gave a testimony that you just didn't agree with in a, in a Christian setting, like how mm-hmm. they found God. Imagine and you, and you, you just said, no, like, that didn't happen because yeah, I don't agree with it. Imagine that. And that's that's terrible. Imagine right. imagine that. Imagine um, imagine a world where your story was not acceptable because it didn't fit into the status quo. It didn't fit the norm. Right. And that's what's happening here. And we like I don't know specifically the um, actual first openly gay cabinet member of Trump's administration. Mm-hmm. I don't know his story of how he got there. And right. I don't know Biden's quote unquote first openly gay cabinet member story. I don't know it. Right. But I'm not going to discard someone's testimony. It's right. a part of their life. Um, specifically for me right now, um, and I've touched on it on our um, on our Instagram page, and it it was it was really hard for me to talk about. But within the first couple of days after the sixth, um, people were getting censored left and right. And one of the main uh, groups of people that was censored on Facebook specifically, which has its largest following, was the walkaway campaign. Mm-hmm. That is, for me, a huge um, part of my testimony right now mm-hmm. because I am a walk away from the Democrat Party. I walked away. I ran away. Mm-hmm. I freaking sprinted away. Yeah. And for them to take down not just my story, but the stories of over half a million people on one Facebook page, like, that's someone's testimony. Mm-hmm. And for you to say, well, you're not valid enough to speak. And I guarantee you, none of it, if not a lot of it, mm-hmm. I bet you anything, a lot of people's testimonies were not inciting violence, were not hurting anybody mm-hmm. directly. Yeah. But because they voted a certain way and left a system of actual oppression and mm-hmm. actual hatred and actual intolerance, yeah. because they support a system that does not do any of those things, they're ousted. Yeah. And that hurts so much for me. Like I remember talking about it on our Instagram and literally getting choked up. Mm-hmm. It actually hurt for me to talk about it. It's it's crazy because um, 
Brandon Straka, the founder, mm-hmm. yes, he talked about. He said there there's no way because I I review all these things like the videos that are posted on there. Yeah, if they have anything in them that need to be like addressed, I take them down and I say, hey, like like we can't we can't have that Try on again. our platform. Try again. You you are welcome here, but we can't have this part of what you said on our platform. Try again. So I know for a fact that that page was doing nothing but good, and, and well, good for people, not good for the Democratic Party, right? Because <laughs> it was you know showing highlighting all of the the flaws in the way that they claim to care for people, but then they treat them like they don't. And 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 I, I said this too during the Black Lives Matter movement. I said this this happened in 2016 too. Huge huge flare ups of Black Lives Matter protests. Which have uh, gone down now, by the way, a right, lot. It's, right. it's, it kind of shows how political it is. Like, you look at the yes. graph for the phrase of Black Lives Matter how much it's right before the election, right. that massive spike, and now the massive dip down yep. right after the election. You see this every year with the resurgence right. of, like, these political movements that just right. are made purely political. Yeah, and, and, I, and I said it then back in the summer. I said, I hate it because this movement is already going to be invalidated as soon as the election's over because the Democrats don't care about the organization. And, and that's, like... That's been shown in the fact that they've requested meetings with Biden, and Biden, the Biden administration has rejected it. Mm-hmm. And and what they really care about is is the black votes that they got out of that. They're baiting them. They're baiting them. It's it's race baiting, and and I've I've seen it from every single one of the um, the current Democratic leadership, and and I've seen it from from people like Sean King, um, who uh, I mean he, he he is deplorable in in my opinion, but. Um, uh, it's it's really shocking and it, it really hurts because I I care deeply about about my fellow man and I'm, I'm a fellow American. I want this place to be a place where people feel welcomed and feel like their voices are heard. And when things like that happen and and promises are made and not kept, that is when people feel unheard. That's when people hurt. And um, so so the fact that BLM was was backing Biden so much and so anti-Trump. And then, as soon as the the president elect uh, Biden was, um, you know, was proclaimed the winner, and, and BLM said, "Okay, great, now we can talk with you. And we can talk about changes." Crickets. Um, it's it, it, it hurts uh, because and people, you know, like they like to look at us and they're like, "Oh, well, you're conservative and you voted for Trump. Well, that must mean that you're a, a heartless uh, coward and you only care about yourself." No, quite the opposite. I. I and you can ask anyone that knows me well. I am a very emotional human being. Mm-hmm. I, I have empathy. I, I, I feel for people. Um, it, today is, is a day when, when I'm hurting greatly because um, one of my brothers in my fraternity uh, sadly passed. And the, the emotional weight that that has been carrying with me throughout the day is, is strenuous. It really is. And, and so to, to say that that we don't care about anyone but people that agree with us is just completely wrong. Um, but but that's definitely true for the other side. They, they don't care about people that, that don't agree with them. Mm, for sure. I think, well, first of all, I think it was very brave of you to speak on that matter today. I know that that's been something that you've been, that's been weighing on your heart all day. And, you know, it's a true, it's truly, it truly is a testament to you as a person, you know, like you do have empathy and, and it's not just because it was, you know, it's not because it was just someone that you were close with. It's just sad in general, and I know that you feel that. And I've seen you feel that before. And for people to come after people like Jet, and I'm going to use you as an example, for people from the left to come after people like Jet and say these things is just, it's just, it's so heartless, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not, 
I, I have no words on this because yeah. it's it's too much. It's just too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't, I'm sorry. And it's the it's the cancel culture that's involved with it too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so like you say right. anything that they disagree with, and you're immediately canceled. Like you're shoved to the side. None mm-hmm. of your opinion matters. Which is what we see happening with Trump now. Like mm-hmm. it, it, they got to a point to what they deemed was too far, and they silenced him. He's off Twitter now. He is off Facebook. He has no voice currently, and that is not something that we are okay with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. It's it's really befuddling. I, I'm I'm at a loss for words when I when I look at at how they're like, okay, well if you if you are upset about being censored, then like move somewhere else, take your content and go put it somewhere else. And us conservatives are like, that's fair. I mean, I don't agree with it. I think that since you know Twitter and Facebook act as public forums, and and censor two thirty or section two thirty can get a little bit touchy. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not super specific about a lot of things. Um, and, and so there are certain protections of a publisher that Twitter does have. I've looked into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but but it, it should be one or the other to me. I don't, I don't think you can claim to be a publisher and a public forum at the same time. But uh, when you say, like, well, we, we, you know, we're a private company, and so we, we, can, we can tell you that you can't have your content here because we disagree with it if, you, if we want. Um, I have two points on this. One of it is that it's super hypocritical because the left gets really mad whenever Christian adoption agencies don't want to, uh, you know, uh, have uh, give give uh, children up for adoption to same-sex uh, couples. Which, you know, I, I don't have an opinion on that. I, I don't I don't want to have an opinion on that right now. I have not looked into that enough for myself. But it's hypocritical because that's a private organization. That's a private company. So, so your argument for Twitter to be able to censor our content and ban our content and block our accounts, shadow ban us, then that that doesn't apply the same way to to this other situation. So I think it needs to you need to view private pu- private policy uh, the same way on both of those situations. And then the other thing is, when we do take our content somewhere else, we would put it on Parler, we would put it on Rumble, mm-hmm. um, then. Then now, now Apple and, and and Google and Amazon they're they're banning Parler from their software. They're, they're, They've they're already say, done it. Yeah, they 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 say that you can't download Parler anymore. Well, that's where we want to go with our content. And Parler was and we totally made our fine own. We made our own thing, right? Like you said, make right. your own and take your take your ideas there. And that's what we did. And and look at what happened. Like we took you, we heeded your advice, right? And you still screwed us over in the end. And and it's just it's just so shocking that you can lay this all out in front of any leftist and, and, and some liberals that I've had conversations with about it too. And, and they're still like, well, no, I, I understand what you're saying, but technically it's not like legal, you know, whatever. Or technically it is legal for Twitter to do this stuff, but like, you know, it's not legal for you to be upset about it. I'm like, no, no, it's, it's the reason that I'm upset is because it's wrong. And, and, I, so I and I've said it on here before. I, I'm a Christian, very, very professing Christian, like very much adamant about that. But so like I, I look at things through a, a moral uh, lens before I look at most most other things, you know. And so if I deem something wrong, I'm going to fight against that no matter what. And especially if I'm talking to a Christian that claims to be a liberal or a, a leftist or whatever they want to be, um, like I think that you should probably look at things through a right or wrong lens before you look at it through a political lens first. Because if something's wrong and you're like, "Yeah, I'm passive about it," meh, then, th- like that doesn't put you on the right side. Like, and not the right side politically, but the right side morally. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. 
Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you completely on that. Yeah, and um, I mean, like, they're... Oh, go ahead. No, it's fine. I, I was just saying, um. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to mention, like, the reasoning for banning Parler is, as they claim, like, you know, it's because Parler, oh, the same as Trump, was inciting violence. But they're wrong about Trump, um, so I definitely think they're wrong about Parler, too. I haven't looked into it too much, but from what I've seen, Parler was in no way inciting violence. There may have been posts on Parler from a few select people right. that were organizing these things that majority of people on Parler, I'm sure, didn't support. Mm-hmm. And but like they were false about Trump as well. I mean, they're claiming that like they're like they just impeached him now over inciting violence, and they base that off of two tweets. Like if you Google this and you search why is Trump being impeached for this, I just have kind of two main tweets come up. There's one that is the big protest rally in Washington D.C. will take place at 11 a.m. on January 6th. Stop the steal. He labeled it the big protest rally, which is what I will say was the label for almost every single BLM protest. Mm-hmm. And they called them protests. He yeah. called them protests. There's right. the same thing there. And the other one, which is a bit bigger one, is that he ended a tweet saying when the looting starts, when the looting starts, the shooting <laughs> starts. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. And I will definitely criticize Trump on his wording here because this yeah. was a lot of... Oh, I disagree um, with that when he did that too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. This was, there was a lot of controversy surrounding this. But Trump later came out and this, you can't find this anywhere. Like you, you have to Google this specifically to find this other tweet that Trump definitely tweeted out. Um, and he was saying that looting leads to shooting, and that's why a man was shot and killed in Minneapolis on Wednesday night. Or look at what happened in Louisville with seven people shot. So Trump was basically saying that when there is looting, other people will be shooting. Yeah. And it was definitely a poor choice of words, but that's yeah. not inciting violence either. What Trump has tweeted is during the Capitol riots, as we said, he asked people to go home. Maybe not as adamantly as he should have, but he said, I'm asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. And the other one saying, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are not in any way inciting violence. Right. Yet here he is being shoved out of office, claiming that he was inciting violence for these tweets right here. I just mm-hmm. don't understand how those two can come together and make any sense. It's just yeah. the left is very inconsistent with their opinions and with their views. It's They're selective very, outrage. It is selective outrage. It's very inconsistent. It's very selective. And honestly, I don't see a time anytime soon where that's going to flip. I don't. And it's sad. It's going to take a lot to to flip that. Um, And I I think we could get into a a whole nother podcast episode about (laughs) what we think about the future of politics, specifically over the next four years before you and I end up running for Congress. It's true. And... um, but again, like I think that that'll take a whole other episode to to cover yeah. all of that. We've definitely um, covered a lot in today's episode that um, we're glad we did. We had some stuff that we wanted to talk about um, as well, but we are crunched on time, so I think we're going to call it for this episode tonight. Jonah, thank you so much for being on this episode, and we are so excited to have you on our team working with us, and we're very appreciative. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm Jonah, definitely it was, excited. It's great to have your input and your insight, and and the true like testament I said, to and younger you guys can probably too. hear it. He's sharp as a tack, so look look for him on ACU's campus. He'll probably be taking over the turning point chapter when we leave next December as well. So. So uh, look out for him. He's going to do big things. Jonah, thanks for being on the show with us. Oh, thank you all so much uh, for this having is me. Jet. And this is Kellum. And this is Red, Red Receipts. Receipts. Good job. Woo. Woo, we did it.